Welcome to your post-Thanksgiving Sunday service. And I hope you're awake today, because if you're not awake, that means you had way too much turkey, and it's still in a play today. So, and I like to say welcome to the church, and get this, welcome to the saints who are a part of that church. And so, as we get into this series of Christmas, I decided to start it a little differently. I, I thought, how would best be the way to prepare the saints for the holidays? Well, we started to think about different things, and we came up with this service, sent. And the reason is because we've all been sent. Uh, the Father in Heaven has an interesting way of sending people, because He's in charge. Anybody that's a boss or has been in charge of anything knows that as you hire somebody, you send them. You don't ask them, you don't really whatever. It's part of what you pay them for is to do a job, and you send them to do the job. In fact, one of the things that reminds me as a pastor that I've been sent uh, that simply I am just a courier of a great message is uh, when I go on mission and stuff, I'll carry one of these. Anybody know what one of these is called? This is called a messenger bag. The messenger bag is interesting because, you know, you strap around your shoulders, you're carrying it with you all the time, and you actually put it over your head or whatever like this, and you carry it. And many of messengers in the city, this was developed mainly with bicycling, they'd carry packages and messages to the different... Uh, businesses that they went to. But with a messenger bag, you could always tell this person had something to send. It was to be sent somewhere, delivered somewhere, and delivered well. And I think sometimes it'd be kind of cool if we as Christians actually had a messenger bag that you put on every morning. Because so oftentimes we sit there and we think, oh, I gotta go to work today. Or I gotta go to school today. Or I've gotta go do this today. Well, no, no, the message actually is You've been sent to work by God today. You've been sent to go home today to be a father to your children, a mother to your children. You've been sent into the world to deliver a message. The problem is, most Christians don't act like they've been sent with a message. And you say, well, how can you be so broad and general? Have you looked at Facebook and what is on Facebook? And what Christians even put on Facebook? Let me just kind of share with you. When you open the bag of a messenger, usually there's some sort of a product, something they had to deliver, you know, like here, I like this book. This is a good book. I would give that to you. Um, what they have is in the bag. And one of the things that oftentimes around Christmas we send are Christmas cards, right, with something in them. We send a gift of a Christmas card that says, thank you, Merry Christmas. But the truth is, where we mostly send comes through right here. In the last 40, 50 years, no matter how old you are in this room, you have been able to, you have been blessed to see something in the world that has not happened since the history and the creation of the world itself. Do you know that? Communication has developed in such a way in the last 40 to 50 years, this is the greatest communication leap since the invention of language by God himself. It was when the gospel was presented by Jesus, he had the Roman road. The Romans had spent a long time developing a road system so that people can travel and send information back and forth very quickly. So when the gospel hit in Israel and Jesus' message went out, the good news, he had a natural communication system, but it still took time. When the Gutenberg Bible was first printed on the press. It was the first book ever printed. And it's actually why we call the Bible the Bible. All it means is the book. 
which makes you wonder when they put the Bible on here, is it really a book? Or is it just the scriptures? The word of God. Whatever you tend to call it, in today's culture, I can take the word of God, and I bet you, if you're a saint and you're in this room and you have a smartphone, that you have the Bible on your smartphone. And they did a study lately where 70, get this, over 70% of the people who have these things are never without them within, within sort of like reach for more than 30 minutes to an hour a day. You think about that. Usually your cell phone is in the same room with you, the car with you, somewhere where you can reach it during the day. In fact, 25% of those people literally have it within hand's reach. Why? Well, because you could do a lot of stuff with this. You can send messages. You can adjust the thermostat. You can turn on your sprinklers. You can, uh, what do you want to do? You can watch a funny video, a cat, you like cats? You got cat videos. You want to do your banking? You can bank. Good grief. It's like me in a box. Well, some people, that's the way they treat it, but yeah. You send things on it, right? We're always sending things. People just don't formalize it. God was no different. When God decided to love the world, he sent his only son into this world that we might find salvation. He did not send him into this world to judge the world, but that the world would be what? Saved. He sent him to do that. Every saint in this room has to realize the message that you have by God, from God, to send is more important than anything else you will do tomorrow or today. In fact, learn to follow a greater vision and mission and conviction than the one you're sitting with here in this room today. Why do you live and breathe and exist Who's, who gave you that job that you might be sent into it? Who gave you that family that you might be sent into it? Who gave you that mission and message for that school and those students that you sit next to every week that you might send them a new message of hope? In fact, John puts it very well when he says, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him, if you're going to actually believe him who sent me, that is God. If you're going to believe in God, he has eternal life. And will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to what? See, by myself I could do nothing. I judge only as I hear. And my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but who do you seek to please? Him who sent me. The messenger always seeks to please the one who gave them the message, to deliver it clearly, accurately, not broken, not harmed, not destroyed. You ever got a package that's really messed up when it gets to you? What do you do when you get a messed up package? Think about it. You, well, you open it, yeah. And then if the, if, the, if the stuff inside is messed up, what do you do? Return to sender. You know, I think a lot of the reasons why people don't follow Jesus is the message they get about who Jesus is is so messed up, they're just returning it to the sender. You, that's Jesus? I don't want that. 
return to sender. What are you delivering about Jesus? I was blessed to uh, spend some time with the family this uh, Thanksgiving, which is always fun, right? I, I still, you know, this is a side note, a little something about me. Has anybody had turducken? Anybody? Turducken? I, I'm dying to try one of those, Paul. I, turdu- it's like a turkey, it's like a duck, it's a chicken stuck in a duck and a duck stuck in a turkey. It's called turducken, right? But you have to order them, because who's going to do that? With, yeah. Um, Anyways, but that's besides not. So I had a wonderful time eating turkey and all sorts of things uh, this, this week. But one of the reasons I, I actually went to visit the in-laws is I actually had some appointments I had to go to, too. And so I went to visit uh, some millennials, some young adult guys who are into social media because we're looking at engaging social media. Because, again, realize with my phone I can send a message of Jesus to someone in Africa real-time streaming right now. Think about the history of the world. The telegraph. How long did the telegraph system take to, to do around the world? You see where I'm going with this. So no matter what age you are, the reality, the reality that you have to sit in right now is the way people communicate is not the same as it was when you were a kid. In fact, for 35-year-olds, the way an 18-year-old communicates is not the way that you communicated when you were a kid. It's changing so rapidly. It's such an explosion of communication that we have to learn how to send the message. Why, is it, why am I even saying this about the Bible? Because the truth is, guys, we can get the gospel into more hands now than ever before. CBS used to take years to develop uh, 15 million people who would be viewers. Guess what? You can create a YouTube subscription channel and have 15 million viewers in weeks. Now, that doesn't mean what they're viewing is good. So these kids I went to visit... Um, they're great kids. They're, they're Christians. They're trying to figure out how to use it for Christ. But they have five YouTube channels, two of which are over a million sub- subscribers, which tells you that they actually get probably seven, eight million views, three million views, two million views on their videos. And even on his Christian Instagram page, I think he has over 60,000, you know, which is far more than most pastors even know. And they just started, by the way, I think it was in 2011. 2012? How many years is that? That's like, what, four years? So in four years, they've been able to send out a message to millions of people. So we sat down and we had a conversation. In fact, we shot a conversation. We talked about the impact of being sent. And one of the things he shared that was the same thing that is a concern of my heart is that if we are really Christians who praise God, why in the world do we not see more praises on social media? Skip what everybody else is saying. Skip, I, I, I'm, you know, whatever you like about cat videos, I can, you know, whatever. But why isn't there just a place on social media where you're sitting there going, I was really blessed by God today when he did this. Thank you, Lord. And, and honestly, the truth is, if Jesus is real in your life, how often does, you, does he bless you? And if you're supposed to give thanks always, think of the platform you've been given within your Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, uh, Snapchat, whatever it is, the opportunity you've been given to, to join into a broader conversation. Because the thing I'm trying to get to you is this. You don't live your life in private. You live your life publicly, out loud. You see, because what happened with this is the Father sent the Son 
The Son sent the Spirit. The Spirit sends you. Do you hear that? The Father sends the Son. The Son sends the Spirit. The Spirit sends who? So when we go out into this holiday season and we're saying we want to send Jesus into our homes and into our communities, guys, listen very carefully. What are you already sending with what you've got? What are you already doing with the message that you're going out with? Because if all you can do is do cat videos and politics, then you really have not attached this thing to your faith. You see, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who are under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Have you seen that on Facebook lately? Well, then you're the one that should be sending it. Did you hear that? The messenger sends the message. I don't care if it goes viral. I could care less how many subscribers you have. I could care less what, what social media platforms you use. What I care about is you do use them. I use eh, some more. I'm going to start using more and more of them now, actually. I have to. If you're uh, older, <laughs> not, not that I'm old, but you know what I'm saying. If like you're you're older than me. You have to realize you can't disengage this conversation. My mom wants to get a computer. You know why she wants a computer? She's 80-something years old. You know why she wants a computer? She wants to be able to get recipes offline. Because it used to be you had to have the little Crocker, Betty Crocker thing, and you know, like recipe, 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 and they were all handed. Now you could go online and everybody's mother has their mother's recipe online. When the time had come, you were born at this time, in this moment, in this century, in this place, to send the message of the gospel. And I'm telling you right now, you can send a message further, clearer, louder, and more beautifully than any other century that's ever existed. You can have an incredible witness if you would just learn to use and be a messenger So we're going to pray. We're going to pray because Jesus saved our souls. Now, if you're in here and Jesus hasn't saved your soul, you can, you can stand up and just like say watermelon. But we're going to have a, a, an interesting time. I would like all of you to stand up. And we're going to pray this prayer. It is Thanksgiving, isn't it? Shouldn't we be thankful? There must be something about Jesus you're thankful for. And, and just say it along with me. This is a traditional. If any of you have had anybody raised Methodist or Lutheran, you, yeah, you know this. A Catholic too, I think. So the tradition of it, you just repeat after me. Father, thank you, for sending your son, for giving us salvation, for forgiving all our sins, for showing us how to live. For giving us eternal life. For showing us love and grace. You can sit down. Thank you. Amen. Damien, you want to come up here a second? 
Damien has a wonderful tradition of prayer. I don't have a mic on you, but you yell loud enough, man. He's going to pray. I'd like you just to pray about what Jesus means to you in your own salvation. This is spontaneous. I asked him this morning. I know him well enough to do that, by the way. He's not embarrassed. But he comes out of a tradition of prayer I love. I think I, I would have loved to actually come out of it. But it's less about, substance, uh, less about the style and more about substance. We've talked about that. Is there anything you'd like to share about the substance of how you pray that you often don't see in churches in general? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had talked at one point, and when someone's on trial, then they call witnesses. And in order to be a witness, you have to have seen something. And as believers, we are all sent to be witnesses. But in order to be a witness, what it is is Christ has already has had to do something in your life. And that's where the power of prayer really comes from. Many people have gone to church, grown up in church, but without a real relationship with Jesus Christ to know that he was a healer in my life, to know that he has delivered me from things that, that have given me a testimony that many people may not be able to understand or fully appreciate, to know what it's like to have sick parents or just different things in our lives that Christ has brought us through that we have seen and nobody can take that away. So then when I come to the Lord in prayer, it's because I know him intimately, just like I do my own grandmother, my own father. And it's not just somewhere I come on Sunday and I repeat words that someone else gave me. It comes from my own relationship that I have with Christ. So could you lead us in prayer about who Jesus is to you, please? Father, we just say, I just say thank you for having the opportunity to come boldly before your throne of grace. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness. Father, I thank you for the solutions that you provided long before there ever was a problem. Father, I thank you for cleansing me of all my sins. Father, I thank you for surrounding me with brothers and sisters that love you and that can encourage me when I don't see the way th through. Father, I thank you for my trials and difficult times because I know those are what you the opportunities that you have set me up for success, that you have set me up to grow. Father, I thank you for your undying love. I thank you for your forgiveness and your grace, which is new each and every morning. Father, I thank you for the courage to rise up in the face of this, this country, this world, that has turned their back on you. Father, I thank you because you are God, you are sovereign, and your ways are not my ways, and your thoughts are not my thoughts. Father, I thank you because if you don't do anything else, you are still worthy of praise, glory, honor, and dominion. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. Saint Damien. I kind of like the way that sounded. You see, the Father sent the Son. He had a mission. He had a mission both to live a life that would be an example of who we should be and the messengers that we should be and the message that we send within the bags we are given. He also sent us for a... Another reason, he sent his son because he, he knew that we needed salvation and that nobody was able to do that. We had all fallen short, and so he sent his son. The father sent the son. And to Damien's point, which I love, the truth is, is it, is it really real? Because when something is real in your life, you use it and you do it. Folks, it's funny, I'll talk to people and they'll say, you know, they'll get upset about this and say, even people will say, Facebook's of the devil kind of thing. Maybe somebody in the room's like that, right? Facebook's of the devil. Um, and all this other stuff, but I'll say, well, do you use it? And they'll say, yes. 
And I'll say, good grief, you're using the devil's tools. <laughs> the truth is it's just a tool. The, the real thing is about tools is it's about the hands that use it. The messengers behind it. You see, because when the son was sent and he died for our sins, he did something for us that has never been done in the history of the world. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our heart. The spirit who calls out Abba Father, Dad, so you're no longer a slave. You're no longer trapped in your sins or in things. But God's child, and since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. An heir. This always strikes me as fascinating, that the Son sent the Spirit into our lives. Because what most Christians don't live like is that a part of the deity, unless you're denying the Trinity, which wouldn't be a very Christian thing to do, um, part of the deity is in you. Now, you're not God, I get that. But you are being created in perfection to do the work of God, the work that he called you out to do way before. That's why when I'm saying you go to work, you're not going to work. God gave you that job and he's sending you to it with a message. You leave the house with something already. Uh, oh man, I just, it's been a long day trying to raise my kids. Yeah, listen, you don't go to spend time with your kids. You know what you do? You have been sent into your children's lives with a message of salvation. Ah, oh, man, I don't want to go to school today. And I get that. Actually, I might actually have to agree with that. Anyways, but another scenario with that would be you've been sent to school by God to be an example to other students. The Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. The Spirit says you're no longer a slave. The Spirit says you're an heir. What does it mean to be an heir? And, and I don't think we really wrap our identity around that. If I told you that you were my child and I have $500 million and when I pass, you're going to get $500 million, do you think you'd really be concerned with the next bill that comes in the mail as much? Would you, where would you go to get some money if you might need it? Now, I'm not saying you'd have the right motivation all the time. But I'm sitting there, what does it mean to be an heir of God as his children? Would you fret and concern yourself with every bill and with everything that happens and with every condition that you have? Or would you prayerfully just go to him and say, thank you, Father, for the wonderful gifts you will bestow. And I just ask for your presence. Show me what you're trying to teach me. Because as a good father, my kids have been very blessed. And usually when I don't give them something or I do give them something, it is to teach them a lesson. Like any good father would do. Because if you give your children everything they want, what happens? And have we done that? Absolutely. But if you deny your children everything, what do they become? Bitter. Angry. But what if you're a good father and you sit there and you realize that your child struggles with patience? What do you do? You teach them. You love them. You train them. Because you're his sons. And God sent that spirit of his son into your hearts. A spirit of servanthood and love. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father, and cries to Dad. And as Damien well put it, it's real. 
So you're no longer a slave. You're your child. And, and, and since you're his child, God's made you an heir. Do you believe that? An heir of eternal life. You ever prayed that way? This time you're not going to pray standing up. You're going to pray with your eyes open. You're going to look because you have to know what you're praying. But you're going to pray in your own heart, in your own head, this prayer. Why? I honestly don't know that people have been thankful to God for the spirit that he's brought them. I don't know that we always live like heirs of the eternal reward of Jesus Christ. Heirs of God himself, the Father in heaven. Do you live like an heir or do you live like somebody who's always fretting and worrying about every little thing? Spend a, mo spend a moment in silence and pray this prayer and thank Jesus. Son sent the Spirit, but the ultimate goal was that the Spirit would send us. I love the book of John, one of my favorites. Not that there's favorites. Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, what did he do? I'm sending you. His disciples, yes, but it's consistent with every disciple. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Uh, you know what I'd love to see on Facebook and Instagram and all these other things, and text maybe, is I'd love to see occasionally people saying, you know what, I thank God every day for my forgiveness. Thank you, God. Today, thank you for sending me out into this world to share the love and the hope that we have in Christ. This is what's killing me. And as I was talking to these young guys down south, they, they admitted it. And, and they were telling me, they said, the, the thing that they're just baffled by is that why is the internet not flooded with praises from the Christians who follow Jesus? Daily praises. Just like, thank God today. Thank you for my children. Uh, thank you for your glorious mercy and grace in my life. Why isn't it just inundated with that? Why, why do we have to have this, that many cat videos? Does anybody really need that many cat videos? Why, why do we need uh, that much weather reports or, or dirty laundry and negative news? Why do we need that much cynicism and criticism and negativity? That conversation, by the way, is going to happen in the world that is baked, in a sense, in sin until they see salvation. So if you go on your uh, internet feed and you don't see anything positive that day, guess who should provide a very sincere, saving, positive message for your feed? You. There is no expectation. You see, the one who doesn't know Jesus was not given one of these. 
There is no expectation in the world you will have trouble, in the world you will have sinners, in the world you will have people that hurt you. I, it was interesting. I talked to this kid. I said, but you have thousands upon thousands of followers. Do they ever say negative comments? He goes, dude, all the time. I mean, they just prayed over this girl who had cancer that came to visit them. And they had somebody respond negatively, like, why did you allow that overweight person on? Truth. Because people who look in on his world aren't all Christians. Right? And he cut that feed off. He goes, I get it all the time. And I asked him a simple question. I said, so how do you deal with it when people inflict pain on you for doing all those good things? He goes, well, I realize why I'm there. Listen, if you've never had somebody say something negative towards you because of your faith, can I just challenge your faith? Because people say negative things about everything. And that just means you don't talk about your faith at all. Seriously. They say negative things about you whether you talk about your faith or not, don't they? Won't they? Let's be real. Who's the messenger in the room? We are. Who carries the bag and has the message the Spirit is sending us? Who, who gave us the Spirit to send us? Why do we go to work as though it's a drudgery when you were given a job by God and sent into it to be a savior for them? Show them the salvation of Jesus Christ. Because it's his spirit you have in you. It's his heart. It's his desire, his drive, his hunger, his goal. That's what this series is about. And to Masaki's point, we cannot go into the holiday season of what we call Christmas and not take Christ. Right? We cannot do that as a church. Listen, we cannot let Target outdo us. That's just sick to me. So there's another prayer. If you're with your spouse, with a friend, if you see somebody alone, or you're with a family member, get with somebody and pray. Because what we're going to pray is a message of sending. Father, send me. Send me to share salvation and hope. Send me to show forgiveness and mercy. Send me to speak truth and grace. Send me to be an example of you to others. Send me to love others the way you loved us. Send me to do the good works you've prepared for me to do. Send me to represent you. Send me. Can I say every day I wake up as a pastor, I'm thinking I need to be sent? No. I need to set my mind on what is right. Every day. Just like you do, by the way. I need to set my mind on what is pure and true, noble. Everything that is lovely. Everything that is excellent, I need to set my mind. Praiseworthy? Absolutely. I need to set my mind on the things of God. But I also need to realize something that's very important that Paul said. Now watch what you see in me. Watch what I've done. What I practice in you, go practice that. So can I encourage you? Set your example here. This is not going away. You can hate it or love it. Throw it away, pick it up, 
it's not going away. It's like the internet when it first came out. No matter how young or old you are, how hip you are or not, it's not going away. It is the biggest messenger of communication in today's culture, hands down, right now. And you know it because you carry it with you. But what are you sending through it? What's the message, people? You know, I want people to know I had a great time with my family for Thanksgiving. Boom, send it. Send it. Send the things that don't always have to be about Jesus. But I also want to thank God for my family. Send it. Send it. Stop hiding it. Stop sort of dumping into the manure. You know, one thing when I was talking with these uh, young guys, is, as, I, as we were talking, I said, yeah, we need to put the Christian message everywhere on the web. And he said, no, you don't. And, and, I, and I said, what do you mean? He goes, you do not want to go into the dark places of the web. You don't want to jump into the porn sites to say Jesus loves you. In, in the depth of the depravity of some of those sites, he said, you don't want to go there. You need to have boundaries. And I'm not even talking about that. What I'm talking about is going to where you already go. And maybe you go there, then get out of that. But if you just go and do Pinterest or whatever, where's Jesus? We should inundate the web with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because every day is a devotional between you and God. And if you're going to interact with this, you better interact with this and with this. Because he sent you with a message that is greater than any message you will ever want to put on yourself. You have a greater vision and plan, guys. So I want us to pray about it. So what we're going to do is stand one last time. We're going to pray this. And then as you stand, you're going to turn to somebody who's close to you, a relative, a friend. If you're on your own, please, somebody grab them. And you're going to pray for your family or your friendship or your life. And you're going to say, God, use me, send me, make me a, a, a sign of salvation to a lost world. But first of all, we're going to pray this together out loud. Father, send me. Send me to share salvation and hope. Send me to show forgiveness and mercy. Send me to speak truth and grace. Send me to be an example of you to others. Send me to love others the way you loved us. Send me to do the good works you've prepared for me to do. Send me to represent you. Turn to that one person you're with, or three, or whatever, and pray that as a family, as an individual, that God might send you this week. And for Christmas, go ahead and pray.
Father, this church has no mission. Father, it is your mission. And then you sent the church. We want to be on your mission. Sent for your purpose. And to every nook and cranny of this world to share love, send us. During the holidays, send us. Today, send us. Send us into a world that is filled with cynicism and sin, riddled in depravity. And Father, send us with the good news. A good news that still forgives, still saves, still heals, is still filled with incredible joy. Send us with an acknowledgement of the blessings we receive every day from you. And let us be your messengers. Let us stop being riddled with our own ideas of what we should be doing, our own plans and purposes. But you have a greater mission, a greater vision, a greater plan. Send us today that we might glorify you in our homes, our workplaces, our schools, even in the shopping centers, the grocery stores, no matter where we go, whether it is for coffee, for dinner, to a relative's home. The message of hope needs to be sent to everyone. Help your church to become viral. Viral into the hearts and lives of people so that your salvation might transform a generation that is hungry for a message that is true. Bless each in this room, Father. Bless their families. Bless their hearts. And teach us to be messengers for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please sing. Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by night throughout the heavens there shone a holy light go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that jesus christ is born the shepherds feared and trembled when low above the earth rang out the angel chorus that held our Savior's birth. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Down in a lowly manger, the humble Christ was born and brought us God's salvation that blessed Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. One more time. 
Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Hey guys, one way to start. Does anybody in here use Yelp? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever Yelped our church? You might want to put a review on there if you like us. If not, go in grace and peace and be a messenger of Christ. God bless you. See 